Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezes Hashem, BPW number 63, that's Bayez Panimi, Share for Women, Share number 63. In the last year we started to talk about the inner blessings of Har Chakais, which creates a whole new level of emotional intimacy that will lead to a more powerful physical reunion after that. And we understand that there are challenges, but ultimately we can learn to adapt to those challenges and overcome them. A lot of times it's the idea of working through one's emotions and communicating to your husband and a husband to their wives what can make this time easier for you, easy for the both of you, and to work through behaviors and things that can be done together and things that they could help each other with in order to help their mood be better and to transform their mindsets in this area, in this period, like we spoke about in the last year, and to understand what triggers things. And what they explain here in this book, which is fascinating, is that, yes, the physical contact creates a certain pleasure in your mind, chemically as well. And what one can do in this period is create for yourselves healthy, healthy, kosher, self-care activities that will bring you pleasure and make sure that you do this in the Nida period. She brings down, and either you read the book, or you could, between women to women, talk about those healthy pleasures physically to, you know, adorn yourself, massages, Um, shopping, getting together with friends, calling people you love, and so on and so forth. Many things that will help your moods in this period and will help the overall routine, humor in a healthy way, dark chocolate in a healthy way, and so on. All these things that they give here, and for men in their own struggles with this, that to channel that energy that they can't spend physically with one another to be able to do healthy and productive things and take walks, play games, enjoy beautiful scenic sights, all of these things that will enhance your life experience with each other and so on. So the way we tra- like sort of change this concept because we are sometimes disappointed in the Nida period, we feel sometimes a lack of satisfaction because of certain expectations we have. And what they say here, fascinating, and it's so true, that if over time we think about how Hashem wants that this temporary, temporary break in physical intimacy is in order to orient our emotions to a healthier balance and to a beautiful connection with one another, And to understand that our spouse, our husbands, our wives are not withholding the physical from us, but to the contrary, together as a team, we're building something larger than ourselves. We're building a beautiful home 
and we're building something that's ultimately for our own benefit in this physical world and benefit for our marriage in this physical world and building our physical intimacy when that time comes by observing everything we're observing now. Some people, it's don't bother them that much. Some people, it bothers them more. Everyone's different. But the idea is, if you focus on enjoying this time with the healthy kosher outlets, with the healthy communication and the fulfilling of those intimacies, we had a shiur on six intimacies, and the ones that are not the physical can be enhanced in these special times and you speak if it's very difficult to talk about it and how to cope with it and ask uh, 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 you know, a, a, a healthy um, to help with coping with any difficulties one may have you could take pride in the fact that you're keeping these Zahakais you could take pride in the fact that you're a Yira Shamayim and that you, you have the ability to, to control and channel this sexual intimacy and sexual desire in a healthy way. And it's a beautiful thing. Now, for men, again, I'm not just speaking for myself, but for many men that I've spoken to and what's very clear this time of separation on a physical plane is generally very, very hard for them. And the wait for them can be extremely challenging. But truth be told, both for men and for women, it is not easy, often. There is a healthy balance of emotional intimacy while not giving into physical intimacy. That can be hard. But that's something we must do. Because some people... What they do often, and this is not healthy. Sometimes it's the husband that does this, and we talk about it a lot over there in the, in the men's share. And sometimes the women do it, which is that they feel that because they can't have physical intimacy and they can't arouse in themselves sexual desire, and if they do, it's difficult. So what they do is they shut down. They shut down and break off emotional connection with their spouse during that time. And from a, wife's, from a wife's perspective, it's extremely and deeply hurtful. I had messages, more than once, I believe, but I remember one vividly, where the wife feels terrible pain and loneliness. Because, yes, he's a good husband. He's warm, generally speaking, and compassionate. But in those two weeks, he doesn't look at her, doesn't talk to her. And she knows that he's doing this based on the chinuch he received to maintain his kedusha and his shmir seinayim, and to, you know, to be careful not to, you know, fall into these things. But it's taken to an extreme where it's very, very hurtful to his wife. And a wife sometimes may do this too. They find it too painful to emotionally connect when they can't have the physical contact, so they too often shut down, and their husbands feel neglected and lonely. Therefore, during this time, it's especially important to show special appreciation for one another, 
to show special compassion to one another, to listen, to accept our spouse's faults, and to love them regardless, to be generous, to be forgiving, to express our karas And yes, is it harder to do so when you don't have physical touch? It is harder, but it's doable, and it's a healthy balance that we need to do. You sincerely compliment your husband, your wife, and heartfelt, loving statements, and chizik to one another is tremendous and is healthy. And that shows that you have that essential closeness and love for one another. And in these ways, you could use that nida period to bring you closer in ways that so that when you return to that physical expression, it is much deeper and it's a much more enjoyable um, experience. One of the authors, there's a co-authors of Holy, Holy Intimacy, is Rivka Slunim. She writes a personal story here that she had just given birth to a baby boy and the nurses were taking care of her and the nurse asks, can I ask you a question? And she said, you could ask me a question. So the nurse said, you know, I'm just curious. I know it's none of my business, but I'm a little puzzled that you and your doctor, it was a woman doctor, obviously, embraced after your birth because you're close to your doctor and the same is with your doula. But, I, but you didn't, but what about your husband? You didn't hug your husband. And before she could speak to explain a little bit about what Tara Samashbacha is, another nurse in the room said something to her coworker and said this following, did you not see the look that passed between them, her and her husband, when her husband came back into the room after the baby was born? Boy, did they ever hug. And she relates, Rivka Slanim, that I was taken aback by how, how deeply this or the nurse understood the truth. There's more than one way to express love and devotion and support. There is the physical hugs, physical kisses, and, and, and sexual intimacy, yes, but then there are these exchanges that nourish you in an even deeper way in many cases. And this is to be nourished and enjoyed in the Nida period, which is so, so important. And now we're going to start talking about the concept of covering one's hair, but I want to make it very clear at the outset here you know, in this book, they follow Chabad Minhagim. In other books about Kisei Arush, they follow their other Minhagim. We will not go into that in depth at all. I will not go into, first of all, I don't know enough halachic knowledge about this and about the Ashkafic concepts of how different cultures do different ways of hair covering. The idea being is that each culture needs to respect the other culture pertaining to this. If they ask their own moire hairois, their own rabbeim, their own um, leaders of how to go about it in the right way, then that is the right way. For some people, like in the Chabad community and other from communities, they encourage wearing shaitals. In other communities, they discourage or don't allow 
sheitlach, and instead just use a, a kerchief or, or a double covering and so on and so forth. We're not going to get into, in depth, the details of each particular custom, but the idea behind it is to deeply respect everyone's culture with their attempt on being as tzniyas as possible, which everyone is in agreement of. I don't want to go into the controversies of certain sheitlach and other things. I'm, I'm not getting into this in the shiurim. Certainly not at, not at this point in time. A lot of it is connected to halacha, which I'm not a paisik anyway. A lot of it is tent ashkafis, but ashkafis are so widespread. But the idea is as follows. Just to explain the concept of it, and to understand that which is universal, is as follows. Is that it's fascinating, this question of why covering the hair. Why is hair covering connected with taiva? What's strange is, is that a basula, her hair is not an erva. She does not cover her hair. Even when she's Anida, she's not Mechayiv to cover her hair. She doesn't cover her hair. It's not Erva. It's not considered like other parts of the body that have to be covered because they could arouse sexual desire. The hair of an unmarried woman does not have those halachas. And then, all of a sudden, they get married. And a woman is initiated into sexual experience with her husband that is when there is a power in this intimacy that creates a new level of tznius that the erva concept expands to the here as well, which is a fascinating yesaid, a very true fascinating yesaid. And it's hard to understand by many. Other parts of the body that they're erva and they have to be covered are more understood than the hair, especially when pe- some people wear sheitlich that could be as nice or even nicer than hair. So, what is this concept? And we're going to talk about it a little bit because it's very important. And one of the ideas is how it's brought, brought down in the reverse in Parshas Nasai by Asaita that the coin places the woman before Hashem and uncovers her hair. Isha Saita. And Rashi explains that it's in order to tire her out and lower her defenses to get her to, to admit that she did wrong so she shouldn't have to drink it. And so she's left to place to place until she's humiliated. And one of that aspects is to expose the hair, which is considered shameful, or tearing away the clothing of her upper body, and so on. But that and 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 that is mentioned in the Mishnayis, but in the Torah it only mentions one thing. One thing, that's it. Opares Raisha Isha, exposing her hair. So you see from the Torah clearly that a woman's hair or head exposed is a real exposure that will cause the woman that it's exposed to to confess, to get disoriented and to confess. So you see here how deeply rooted the Kedusha that comes with that aspect that spreads to the hair when a woman is married. And that's the v'hatsnei leches the tznias, 
the Tznias, we said many times we had some feedback and insight, Shiram on Tznias, that it's not just about clothing, it's about Hashkafa, it's about what's in your mind, what's in your heart. It's the idea that you're aware that Hashem is with you in all times and all places. And that's why Tznias is needed even when we're alone, even when in the dark, even when we're in the bathroom, and in our conduct with our husbands and wives in the bedroom, and so on. Now, again, we're not going to go into halachas much. And I'm not promoting or not promoting wearing sheitlach, not wearing sheitlach. It's none of my business, frankly. I have no right to you know, impose any opinions on other people. And for cultures that don't wear sheitlach, because their rabbeim told them not to, kolakavod bracha to them. And to those that they say that it's permitted or even encouraged, bracha to them as well. All of them should be gebenched. But the concept, though, of the questions to be don lekavzchus, you have to be don lekavzchus either culture. If people look judgmentally on the cultures that look down at the, the, the covering not using a shaitl, that, that it's too extreme, need to look at the, give a benefit of doubt of that. And the ones who look down at shaitlich, even the tzniyistik shaitlich and so on, need to give bidon kavschus with that. And the don kavschus is brought down in halacha, which again, we said we weren't going to get much into, and I'm not paschaning, just mentioning that the Shiltegi Boyram writes that the idea of a woman's hair being an erva is only when the hair is visibly connected to the scalp, not natural wigs. It's the Shilti Gebarim on the riff on Shab in Shabbos, and they're not considered uh, key, uh, that it's the, the hair is uncovered if you're wearing a wig, and it makes no difference if it's her own hair or another woman, as long as it's not connected to the scalp. That is the Shilti Gebarim. And the Yaskal Avdi, Chelek Zion, Ebenezer, Tess, Tess Zion says that a man is generally tempted only by things attached directly to the body of the woman herself that once had life. And once here is separated from her, it ceases to be usher. It's a fascinating concept because some will say, well, you see, sometimes people are pulled towards a woman that may have a nice shake alone. So again, Yesh Lakan, Yesh Lakan. And Ramosha in Chelek Dalit, Evan Ezer, Chelek Bays, Simon Yud Bays. There it brings down Ramosha, says that it's not Maris Ayin for many reasons. Number one is you don't find an Isser in the Gemara on wigs. Number two is that in most cases you could tell the difference between a natural hair and a wig. And Finally, even if you can't tell much of a difference or any difference, everyone knows that the wig exists and is, is, is used often as a hair covering. Only saying this, not to paskin, not to promote sheitlich, but just for people who don't, to be done lekavzchus and give the benefit of the doubt and be respectful of their minhagim, but on the reverse as well, not to look down, chas on people that do not wear sheitlach, that wear more other coverings or double coverings, you're doing it for the right reasons. It is a tremendous 
schus and a tremendous bracha, as we'll explain Be'ezus Hashem in the upcoming shir. Bracha and atzlacha.